When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, what's going on, guys? My apologies for the delay. I'm sure some of you have children. I might have to keep it a little quiet here. My son has been, well, I've been trying to put him to sleep for two and a half hours. <laughs> My wife is away. I uh, just want to talk Aztecs. Just want to talk some Aztecs. So cross your fingers. Hopefully he's asleep and doesn't pop his head out in the next handful of minutes. All right, John Schaefer with you here on the wrap-up show presented by Higher Impact Financial, breaking down uh, the news of the day. Exciting news for Aztec fans. Danny O'Neill. Highly touted quarterback is committed to San Diego State verbally. National Signing Day will get underway in about a week. But Danny O'Neill, who had previously committed to Colorado to play for Sean Lewis, who was a coordinator, and Deion Sanders has a dozen-plus Power 5 offers. He decommitted before Sean Lewis left for San Diego State about two weeks ago. And here we are two weeks into Sean Lewis's tenure, literally two weeks, because he took over the job two weeks ago today. And he's really making inroads right now on the recruiting trail. And when you land a quarterback, this is what Aztec fans had asked for. They said, can we get an offensive-minded head coach? And J.D. Wicker um, was able to do that with Sean Lewis. And you look at what he's done here now uh, via the prep route with Danny O'Neill, who's a top 35 quarterback, three-star recruit, um, unbelievably gaudy numbers throughout his high school career. Again, Big Ten offers, ACC offers, including Miami, Florida, Colorado, and others, I think Purdue, Indiana, um, Northwestern, a number of schools in the Midwest out of Indianapolis. And again, Danny O'Neill uh, joining Sean Lewis on the Mesa. And I think it's a very exciting times for San Diego State fans. So before we get going, there's a lot to get into. Um, if you are here live or on replay, if you wouldn't mind subscribing, I really do appreciate that. This is a relatively new channel that's been around for maybe four or five, six months. And I try to do as much content as I possibly can. And the more interaction I get with the channel, the more content I'm able to provide. So if you wouldn't mind subscribing, I would appreciate it. If you wouldn't mind telling fellow Aztec fans about it, I would appreciate it in any manner, whether it's on social media or word of mouth or sharing a link or whatever you're able to do, email, whatever you're able to do. Um, bit of a passion project, trying to get it off the ground. Really do appreciate your support. So please subscribe if you're here. Smash the like button if you wouldn't mind. Follow me on Twitter at John Schaefer, J-O-N-S-C-H-A-E-F-F-E-R. And uh, let's get underway here tonight. I also put links, by the way, for anyone that's interested, because there's been so much talk about name, image, and likeness and ways to support the program and ways to retain student-athletes and what the role NIL is playing right now in college athletics. I put the links in the description down below to both Aztec link, which has been guided by an Aztec for life in J.R. Tolver. He's done great work. Um, we've worked with him um, on San Diego sports, 760 doing radio pregame. And he's just such a avid supporter of the program. So if you want to support Aztec link, which supports San Diego state football student athletes, I put the link down below. If you want to support the Mesa Foundation Collective, which supports Aztec student-athletes, including men's and women's basketball, I put the link for that down below as well. Jeff Smith and his group are doing incredible work. So Aztec link, Mesa Foundation, great ways to support what's going on with the collectives and ways to um, keep student-athletes on the Mesa um, and 
you know, I think it's something that's not, not just valuable, obviously, at San Diego State, but you're seeing that NIL is playing such a critical role right now in college athletics. So there's a lot to get into here today. Um, again, it's two weeks into Sean Lewis's tenure. You've got Danny O'Neill, who announced on social media today he is committed to San Diego State. It's gotten a lot of people excited. Earlier in the week, you had Isaiah Buxton out of Chula Vista commit. He had previously been an Arizona commit. So you got a couple of Power Five commits that have landed at San Diego State, which isn't entirely atypical. The Aztecs have landed a number of players over the years that have Power 5 or Pac-12 offers. Um, but I think it's a very encouraging start for Sean Lewis. He's also landed an offensive lineman from the University of North Dakota via the portal. We have early signing day opening up a week from today. I think he's been able to retain a lot of the talent that's in that 2024 class, by the way. Not everyone, but he's got a good portion of that class that Brady Hoke and his staff had worked on over the last year. He's going to retain a good portion of that. He's adding with Danny O'Neill, Isaiah Buxton. Again, he's gone via the portal with this uh, offensive lineman from the University of North Dakota. And the question now becomes, what is that quarterback room going to look like for San Diego State in 2024? Do they attack the portal to bring in a veteran quarterback to play in 2024? Or does Danny O'Neill and others that are in that room have an opportunity to vie for the job? In 2024, I saw some quotes today in the Union Tribune um, in an article written by Kirk Kenny. Uh, there's been a lot on Danny O'Neill today. I've seen Paul Garrison at the East Village Times, who's written about Danny O'Neill over the last 24, 48 hours. I saw Darnay Tripp caught up with him today uh, for some video at NBC7. Um, but, you know, Danny O'Neill is going to enroll early because he's able to graduate from high school early. So he's going to be in San Diego within the next month which I think is encouraging and he wants to do everything in his power to, you know, have an opportunity to, to vie for that job in 2024, get some playing time. And um, I think a good way to do that is probably by enrolling early. So he's going to have the, you know, the eight month leeway. He'll have spring football. He'll have fall football and he'll get ready for 2024. And he's just been a winner. So quotes from his coach at cathedral in Indianapolis says he's just competitive. Um, he's intelligent. He finds ways to win. And I saw a similar, um, video from Danny O'Neill tonight when he talked to Darnay Tripp just about the importance of winning, you know, saying that winning is first, whatever it takes to win is what I'm motivated to do. And you can look at the statistics, they're gaudy. I mean, whether it's passing numbers, rushing numbers, touchdowns, low interception numbers, rushing touchdowns. I mean, you know, he's the record holder for basically everything in the history of Cathedral in Indianapolis. And, you know, he's a three plus year starter. And again, he's a top 35 consensus recruit in terms of quarterbacks in the nation with a dozen plus power five offers. So um, exciting, really is exciting. And now the question becomes, what is next? You've seen a lot of um, activity on social media with San Diego State staff, which I think has been really cool here over the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, they've been highly active in the prep route via the portal as well. And I think this is just kind of the beginning of the process. It's certainly not the end of the process. And there's still a lot of time with either the portal or the early signing day or the later signing day to impact this roster. And we know there's players in the portal and we know that the, there have been players that have committed already to other power five programs that are leaving San Diego state that played here in 2023. And I think I said it maybe earlier in the week, that's completely to be expected. You have a regime change. You've got, you know, the portal. Now you have two time transfers that the NCAA is allowing at least, um, as we speak here right now, because a court case just granted um, two-time transfer exemptions without having to sit out. So it, it's a bit of the Wild West. I mean, who knows what the future looks like? We might be heading towards a path where players can transfer each and every year without having to sit out. So you might see players you know, playing for four schools in four years or five schools in five years. Who knows what the future looks like? But for now, there's a lot of activity in the portal. Um, and that's been the case in football for the last couple of years. That's been the case in basketball for the last couple of years, and we'll see what impact it has on the Aztecs. We know this. The roster's going to have a ton of change from last year, which, again, I think should be expected considering the Aztecs are coming off a 4-8 and eight season, considering they've had a coaching change, and that that's just, I think, the natural occurrence of where we are right now with college football and college basketball. So we'll talk a little bit about this class here over the next you know 30 or 40 minutes. We can talk some... Mount West basketball, some San Diego State hoops as well. The Aztecs uh, will get back on the floor next Tuesday night. They're in the midst of this finals break where they have about 10 days between games from, you know, that thrilling win the other night at Viejas Arena where they trailed by, what, five points to UC Irvine inside of a minute and somehow miraculously found a way to win that game to get to eight and two. 
They get a non-D1 opponent coming up next week in St. Catherine, trying to get the 9-2. and two. And then I think a pretty important game against Stanford um, a week from tomorrow on Thursday before they go to Gonzaga. In terms of non-conference games, critically important game for the Aztecs. So we can get into that over the next 30 or 40 minutes as well. We'd love to hear from you. If you have questions, comments, I can get to all of them. You can put them in the live chat. If you're here on replay, if you just put them in the comments, I can react after the fact as well. So, again, if you're here live, if you wouldn't mind – um, reacting to the Danny O'Neill news, or if you have questions about the coaching staff or where they're going to turn next in the portal, or you just want to talk about the Aztecs right now, happy to do that. Again, we'll be with you for the next 30 or 40 minutes here. So I'll, I'll run through the chat once we get going and um, see if anyone has any questions or comments here now that we are underway. Um, let me get to some of the comments that have actually rolled in before we even got started. Uh, talking Friars, what's going on, Ben? Appreciate you hanging out. He said uh, he was here before we started. He said, any idea which quarterback San Diego State is looking at in the portal? I don't. I, I haven't even seen any really reports on that to this point. But, you know, it just kind of makes sense, doesn't it, that they would go after a quarterback in the portal? And I understand that the portal route may involve more NIL than the prep route. And it's also very competitive. When you look at veteran quarterbacks, that are coming out of like either the group of five or the power five ranks. Um, we've seen what some coaches have said around the country, um, you know, in Nebraska saying, Hey, you know, really good quarterbacks can cost you a million plus dollars right now in the portal with NIL. So I, I really don't know. I, I do know this. There's dozens of quarterbacks right now in the portal um, as it shakes out. Um, I'd be surprised if San Diego state didn't have interest in bringing in a quarterback via the portal, just because they've got such a young quarterback room. But that's complete speculation on my part. But again, I think that the pedigree of Sean Lewis would support an argument that San Diego State can likely land a quarterback via the portal. And I don't know what role um, NIL will play or won't play in, in that process. But, you know, you think about the profile of offense that Lewis has run here, whether it was Shador Sanders at Colorado and the success, success they had the first half of the year you know, top five offenses at Kent State. He had a top five offense at Bowling Green. He had pretty prolific offenses a couple of years at Syracuse, Eastern Illinois. I mean, the guy can coach offense, and he's a brilliant play caller. So it would be surprising if those didn't recognize that. I think clearly Danny O'Neill recognizes what he's done with quarterbacks and the success he's had running his offense, and you'd be surprised if others weren't recognizing the same thing, right? That, that's just how I look at it. So – Knowing that and knowing that they've got a younger quarterback room, right? They don't have that fourth or fifth year player that's been waiting that has had some opportunities. I mean, they're graduating a fourth or fifth year player in Jalen Maiden, but they don't have that third, fourth, fifth year player that has experience elsewhere, even at San Diego State. So listen, they're, they're going to have some options internally. Maybe it's Danny O'Neill. Maybe it's, um, you know, retro freshman that they already have on campus. Who knows what shakes out um, still to come in this quarterback room as well. But, you know, it just, it just would make sense from the outside looking in that San Diego State would look to bring in additional quarterbacks in addition to Danny O'Neill for 2024, just knowing that, A, you need depth in the room, and B, you know, the veteran experience is, you know, you can only learn by by getting that experience on the job. So maybe O'Neill as an understudy for a year. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details makes sense or maybe not maybe he's gonna have a chance to compete for the job right away in 2024 um i saw someone asking about the coaching staff i want to say oh yeah this from rob what's going on rob he says john can you please give an update on which assistants under hoke are officially not coming back i don't have the entirety of the staff because the entirety of the staff has not been mentioned or named as of yet but i do have what is listed currently online at goaztex.com so obviously anyone can see this and according to goaztex.com you've got multiple coaches from brady staff that have been retained if this is fully accurate you've got the defensive line coach coach boje who joined the staff in 2023 um that has received really high remarks from both brady hoke and 
and apparently this coaching staff is wealthy staying on. You got Demetrius Sumler, who's been with San Diego State a long time. He's their current cornerbacks coach, former running back at Colorado. Um, in fact, he was a running back under Darian Hagan, who recently joined the staff. Darian Hagan said that when he was considering the job or when he got the job, one of the first calls he made was to Demetrius Sumler because Hagan was coaching Sumler when Sumler was a tailback at Colorado. So I think you have Coach Boje, you have Demetrius Sumler, and then you've got all these additions that Sean Lewis has made. According to the website, you've got special teams coordinator in Zach Barton. You've got a veteran offensive line coach that Sean Lewis has been with for a good portion of his career in Bill O'Boyle. You've got Matt Johnson as a, a quarterback's coach, who I think joins from Kent State. You've got Hagan. I talked about Colorado legend. They're starting quarterback when they won a national championship in 1990, highly regarded out of Southern California, out of Los Angeles. In fact, you've got this wide receiver coach that was just named, and I don't know how to pronounce the first name. Is it Lanier Sampson? I think I'm saying that right. He was just named just a day or two ago. Um, previously had been at Austin P University. Um, in addition to that, I'm trying to think what else you have here right now that's been named. I think that's basically what's been named. I think we're looking for a defensive coordinator that has not yet been named. Um, and then coaches to potentially join that coordinator on the staff. So you probably have something like 60 or 70% of the staff mm -hmm. as of now. And something that Sean Lewis said that stuck out with me when he said it the day he was introduced, and I, I was just kind of overheard this. He was talking to the media, and I was listening to the conversations in the locker room. And he said something along the lines of, of course, we're going to look to get a, a staff in place relatively quickly, just like we're going to look to you know, address the roster relatively quickly. But he said something he learned from his time as a head coach at Kent State was that you don't just want to name a staff as quickly as possible just to do it. You want to make sure to get the right staff. So I think he's being deliberate here, and I think that is playing out based on the fact that he hasn't hired the entirety of the staff as of yet. I think he's more concerned with finding the right fit then filling it as quickly as possible and hitting the ground running immediately. So, you know, um, that probably has value considering his experience because he's been a head coach before. He got that Kent State job. Uh, he's learned from his experience at Kent State, and now he's trying to fill out his coaching staff the way he deems the best way to fill it out. So if it takes an extra week, it takes an extra week. I think Kirk Kenny had some quotes in the UT within the last day or two where he said he was hopeful to have the staff name by early signing day, which is December 20th. So we don't have to wait much longer. I mean, you could see it all within 24 hours. It might be one week. I'd be surprised if it was more than seven to 14 days. You're going to have the entirety of the staff relatively soon. I'd be surprised if it was much longer than a week or so. Um, let's see here. Just going through the chat right now. Again, guys, if you are here, if you wouldn't mind subscribing, I do appreciate that year round content for Aztec fans, football and basketball. Um, let's see. Voltum wants to know, John, we have the quarterback, but that proven receivers will be, I don't even, you're saying what, what receivers will be back. Our existing receivers were just not good at all. Well, I don't know about that. Um, you've got some, Young receivers, I know Balen Brooks has said he will be back, who's a really athletic, exciting young prospect. He was a true freshman last year. I, I don't know what the rest of the receiver room looks like heading into 2024 in terms of who's in the portal, who's graduated, and who still and who still has eligibility. But Balen Brooks is a name to absolutely um, consider for 2024. And then there's some other receivers that the Aztecs are targeting, I want to say right now, either via the portal or via – the recruiting prep route for 2024. So again, offensive first head coach. Yeah, I, I'm not overly concerned with the way he's able to build out his skill positions, if that makes sense. Like I think he's going to put himself in a position where, again, not to say that from day one you're going to have a top five offense in America. Like like you got to be realistic and real here. There could be a period of time that this takes, whether it's a season or more or a half season or more. You get the point. But you know, I, I think he's going to be able to fill out his roster offensively, especially with skill, because people are going to recognize what he's been able to do with skill throughout the course of his career. So again, it's one of those, if you build it, they will come situations. I think he's already proven he can go get an elite quarterback in Danny O'Neill, and others are going to recognize that, that this is going to be a different look for San Diego State. They've had a ton of success doing it in one way over the last 15 years, typically defense first. And, you know, that could change. Obviously defense is critically important, but as they develop this offense, as they change this offense, 
Um, I think that that's going to be a bit of a calling card under Sean Lewis at San Diego State moving forward. So I'm not I'm not concerning myself as much with some of that. The skill, um, you know, I think you like the running backs room, and I talked to Darian Hagan this week. If you missed that conversation, you can find it by subscribing to the wrap-up show. I posted it here on the wrap-up show um, YouTube channel. So I, I'm not overly concerned with the skill. I think they got to address offensive line. they got a ton of players in the portal. Um, they already added one player via the portal from North Dakota that we've talked about. So certainly, you know, line plays critical. Offensive line, defensive line, games are won and lost, right, in the trenches. How many times have you heard that? But in terms of skill, um, you know, I, I think he's going to do really well in acquiring skill and finding the right pieces for his uh, for his system. Uh, Rob, thank you again. He says he was super bummed out to hear about Marcus Ratcliffe transferring. He's landed at UCLA, true freshman and a stud. Listen, no matter where you are, from Georgia on down, the portal is having an impact on every single program in the country, right? There was someone who was it? Was it a receiver that previously was on Georgia and transferred to Alabama and won a national championship with Georgia? Like that's the level. I mean, that's occurring in the SEC at the very top of the SEC with national championship caliber programs. It's just the way of the world right now. So it's a bit of an adapt or die um, methodology or way to look at it. Of course, San Diego State is losing some players that could have been impactful on their 2024 There's no question about it. Marcus Ratcliffe is one of those guys, but you just got to have an X-man-up mentality and replace. And you can do so quicker than you could at any other point. Of course, you can lose players now quicker than at any other point. But with the portal, um, you can address needs quicker than you could previously. And yet you might lose a true freshman safety in Marcus Ratcliffe, but maybe you add in a third, fourth, fifth-year safety via the portal. So... I understand some of the concern. I see it on social media. I see what people are saying. We we know of all the players that are in the portal, whether it's some of the starting offensive linemen, you know, Mark Redman, I think. Did he commit to Louisville? Um, you saw a tight end, Cameron Harpole committing to ASU. I, I can't even keep track of it all. But it's not just San Diego State. Yes, San Diego State, because of the coaching change, has more players in the portal than most programs in the country. But that's because, in my opinion, there's multiple reasons, one of which is they're coming off a four and eight year, one of which is they have a coaching switch um so you know I, I just think that that's the natural occurrence of um what's going on right now but yeah not to, not to say that it's ideal to lose some of these impactful players but it's also not fair to say that they can't be replaced because we don't know what the thought process is moving forward um with this staff in terms of how they're going to complete this roster for 2024 Interesting name. Thank you, the Johnsons, um, for the comment. He says, will be interesting to see if Colin Schley from UCLA hits the portal. He was at Kent State in 2022. Um, yes, he and I want to say he played for Sean Lewis before in 2021. I think I have that correct as well. So I do believe he played for, for, um, for Sean Lewis. Again, there's going to be a lot of intriguing names. Again, I, I don't know what's happening right now with the two-time transfer rule. Are you going to see more movement because guys are not going to have to sit out? If they're a two-time transfer, I'm not sure. Um, that's what's playing out right now in college basketball. I guess it could play out in college football. There's like a temporary injunction allowing multiple-time transfers to play immediately, but we'll see if that sticks or not. But, yeah, th there's going to be a lot of names. I mean, I think you're going to hear San Diego State attached to you know a handful of names that are quarterbacks. Um, I, I don't know the particulars with Colin Schley. I think we saw maybe briefly San Diego State-UCLA. I forget if he played in that game or not. We saw Dante Moore in that game. We saw the other quarterback in that game. I forget if we saw Schley against San Diego State or not. I know he's a very talented running quarterback. Um, let's see here. Um, <laughs> this is Jim Russell. Jim, what are you doing? I have no comps. I have no comps. Um, I know that Jim has said, Jim Russell from John and Jim, that the reason, and I've seen some, some of this written about Danny O'Neill, that the reason he's a three-star quarterback and not a four-star quarterback is his height. And if he was an inch taller, he'd be a four-star quarterback because he's done everything that you could ask of him. But when it comes to some of those like intangibles, like size, I mean, what can you do? If you're six feet, you're six feet. If you're 5'11", you're 5'11", and so on and so forth. Um, you know, if he's 6'1", 6'2", he's, he's going to be considered a four-star quarterback. Um, outside of that, I mean, I, I've read some of the scouting reports on Danny O'Neill over the last two weeks and certainly here over the last 48 or 72 hours. Um, he appears to be a really accurate passer. He was a finalist for the Elite 11. Um, again, he's got offers for a reason, and these aren't just 
you know, random offers. He had commit. He was the first quarterback commit at Colorado. I watched a YouTube video earlier today that called him the most underrated quarterback in the country in the class of 2024. So, I mean, the proof's just in the tape in what he's accomplished at Cathedral in Indianapolis. And, you know, we'll see how he develops. I mean, nobody comes into college of finished products and no, no matter if you're the top ranked quarterback in the nation or the 400th ranked quarterback in the nation. Obviously, there's got to be a development that goes on. You got to get into that weight room. You got to learn Sean Lewis's offense. You got to see what they're trying to accomplish here at the college level, which is different than high school. But, you know, he's got the intangibles. He's got the tape. He's got the numbers to back it up. Um, and he's got the offers, you know, to kind of prove that his ability warrants consideration at the power five level. And he's coming to San Diego State. That's an interesting question. Thank you, Travis. Um, he says, off topic, but do you think Lewis will change up the uniforms? I would like to see red jerseys. I don't know if San Diego State is planning to change football uniforms in 2024 or not. I, I don't have an answer on that. Um, I really don't. I think typically in basketball, they switch them up either every two years or three years. And I don't know if that's the same in football or not. I think you got a lot of good going on right now with the football uniforms, to be honest, whether it's the helmet, the Aztec calendar, I mean, just the red and black combination. I think it's a pretty darn good look. Um, a lot of people, I think, would tell you it's one of the better uniform combinations probably in college football, um, especially outside of the Power Five. You know, it's just a it's just a good look. I mean, certainly it's been, you know, refreshed and updated and freshened over the years as every program goes through. But being with Nike, I mean, you're, you're updating them every three years, I would say on average, something like that. So I haven't done the math on it. I guess it's a possibility that that could happen in 2024. And if not 2024, probably something like 2025. I'm a huge fan of the uniforms. I'm a huge fan of the helmets. Um, I don't think there's really a better helmet in college football than San Diego State. And the red and black just pops. It really does. You look at these kids at their official visits on field, wearing the uniforms, um, you know, what's not to like is, is what I would say. Can there be uh, you know, changes or could there be an alternate look? What I, you know, it, depending on who you ask. But I, if if it was up to me, it's not really broke. I wouldn't necessarily fix it for 2024. Uh, Luscious, thank you. Do you think we will get a mascot again? And this is off topic. I think we should improve our social media game. People like it. For example, the Magic account. Uh, you're talking about the Orlando Magic? I don't know. I, um, I have no idea. <laughs> related to the mascot that's mascot that's above my pay grade i have absolutely no idea on that no idea some people talking about you know a need for a retro or an alternative fresno other schools have multiple uniforms stop I, I don't think it's about cost <laughs> they just spent 400 million dollars on stadium uh they've made investments to va house arena they put in a new video board for what uh, millions of dollars would be my assumption I've, they've literally made millions of dollars of investments in athletics over the last two to five years i mean tens of millions hundreds of millions in the last two to five years the fact that san diego state doesn't have more uniforms has nothing to do with cost i mean literally nothing to do with cost there's there's no chance that cost is at all a factor with whether they have two uniforms or three uniforms i think they they like what they have which is the the home and the road i think they just like what they have would be my guess not to say in the future they can't have it maybe the coaching staff prefer two uniforms maybe that's what rocky and brady preferred maybe not i'm not sure maybe sean lewis would prefer an alternate look or a freshened up look I mean, that's certainly a possibility but there's no way that the cost has anything to do with why san diego state has only two uniforms in football considering the investments they've made across athletics specifically uh in football as well yes do so thank you for this um thank you for this uh, no idea you had a wrap-up show for the Aztecs. Subscribe. Thank you. Yes. Relatively new. I don't do it the same way that we do it with um, whether it's John and Jim. We have a YouTube channel for that or the Padres wrap-up show. Padres wrap-up show, we do something like six nights a week during the season, which is kind of crazy, to be honest. Um, but I'm not doing this with with football and basketball because I'm on the radio a lot for post-game with football and basketball. So this is more between games, sometimes post-game, sometimes pre-game. You know, one time a week, two times a week, depending on what's going on. This is the second show I've already done this week. So I felt as if there was a potential need for people to, you know, talk more Aztecs. I, I, it's one of my passions. Um, I love talking Aztecs, football and basketball with San Diego State fans. I've been doing it on the radio for years and years and years. 
Uh, you hear me on pre or halftime or post on the radio. Um, so it's just a passion of mine. And I know there's a lot of people like myself because I interact with them every single day on social media or in person at Viejas or Snapdragon Stadium. So this is for you. This is for Aztec fans. There's not always a place you can turn each and every day or even each and every week where you're getting such specialized content talking San Diego State football and basketball, depending on the time of year. Obviously, you know, if it's in March, people are talking San Diego State basketball. I'm talking it year-round on the radio. If it's football season, obviously there's some discussion around San Diego State football. I'd prefer to talk it year-round. So that's why, you know, I decided to to do this and hopefully people appreciate it and hopefully people subscribe and let others know um, because, you know, the more people that are interested in it, the more content I plan on providing. Um, speaking of which, I do want to thank um, my friend Eric Lanier at Higher Impact Financial for his support of the channel. He's a Mount Carmel alum, lifelong San Diego sports fan, also the founder of Higher Impact Financial based in SoCal. He has found in his research and experience that he solves two major problems for people that meet with him. The first is that he's found that too many people do not have a financial plan, or if they do, it's outdated, and it's just a collection of products Eric believes ongoing proactive financial planning is foundational to avoiding common financial mistakes that so many fall into. And then the second problem is that most of us just don't have clear, defined financial goals Click the link in the description down below to get to Eric's website. If you're ready to get better results with your wealth, then you've got to set up a 15-minute call with Eric. So click that link in the description down below. Eric Lanier has been with us on the Padres Wrap-Up Show, with us right now on the Aztecs Wrap-Up Show here, presented by Higher Impact Financial. Eric's commitment to you is that no matter what, you'll leave better off than you were before you called. And you can tell him that I sent you. So again, click that link in the description down below. If you're looking for financial assistance, if you're looking for a financial planner, get in contact with my good friend, Eric Lanier at Higher Impact Financial. All right, here I am back with you. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, this is a great question, Rob. We're covering a little bit of everything tonight. Hopefully people are okay with that. Um, this is a really good question, not to get ahead, John, but the letter sent to all NCAA institutions by Charlie Baker, he's the new president of the NCAA, about a proposed pay-to-play football subdivision. What can San Diego State do to possibly prepare for that possibility? I haven't talked to J.D. Wicker about it as of yet. I typically have J.D. on the radio maybe monthly, um, all year round. So I'll, I'll get J.D. on at some point because this was pretty significant news. You know, J.D. has said repeatedly that he envisioned San Diego State at the top of you know, the division one, you know, at the top of division one, whatever sport it is, right. That San Diego state sees themselves as a have in this conversation and they've made the investments to back that up. So I don't know what the future is looking like with the NCAA. This is remarkable times, unprecedented times with the portal, with NIL, with multiple time transfers, with conference realignment, with a potential new subdivision, I have no idea what the future holds, but I know that San Diego State's well positioned for it, as I've said for a long time. I do know that based on the facilities with Snapdragon Stadium, based on location in Southern California, based on the academic reputation of San Diego State. I, I know that San Diego State's well positioned for it, but I just have no idea what the future holds. I just have no idea. It's going to be fascinating, and I'm along for the ride like everyone else. Let's see here. Not that I know of, Michael. Thank you. He says, has San Diego State given up on the other four quarterbacks in the roster? Aren't they expected to progress beyond a true freshman? Yeah, I, I don't think they've given up on anyone. Um, you know, we haven't. I had Sean Lewis on the radio the day he was hired. Um, I'm sure he, at that point, didn't fully, you know, have a grasp on the entirety of the roster. But, yeah, you got quarterbacks, you know, that are currently here. Kyle Crum um, was a sophomore this past year. Tobin O'Dell was a sophomore. Uh, Javance Johnson, I don't fully know how to say the name, JTJ, uh, redshirt freshman, um, Liu as well, uh, sophomore. So you got some young quarterbacks that were in this quarterback room. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure um, a portion of those quarterbacks, if not all, will be back. How, do, how many quarterbacks do you typically have in the room? Four or five, I want to say, typically on a roster, right? As you develop a couple and then you've typically got, you know, you've got a backup as well, um, that you're grooming to potentially play within the season. So, um, no, I don't think it means that at all. That, that's never the indication. I mean, you look at the really good programs in the country. 
and they've got multiple really good quarterbacks. I mean, the desire is to have multiple starting quarterbacks. I mean, clearly you only play one, but you want to have multiple that are at the level that they can play. That's the ideal scenario, and some of the better programs in the country are in that spot. And again, the way it works now with the portal is like you don't get an opportunity, and all of a sudden you look to move. And we've seen that repeatedly, and maybe that um, you know presents an opportunity for the Aztecs to go get a veteran quarterback. But what does that mean for some of the younger quarterbacks? It doesn't mean they have to go, because also, um, you know, maybe less so now, but you know, some of the best quarterbacks in the nation sat for one, two, three years. That that's just how it works, right? Typically, freshmen sit behind juniors, or typically sophomores sit behind seniors. Now, in this day and age, guys look to move when they're not given opportunities. But I don't think it's a, a you know, a knock or a poor indicator on some of these players that they haven't had the opportunity because Jalen Maiden has played the last year and a half. Like that, that to me is just how it works. I mean, Maiden was a fifth-year quarterback. You had first and second-year players on this roster. Some got limited experience, but no, I, I don't think that just because they signed Danny O'Neill means that everyone else has to go. You know, I, I really don't. Let's see here, Craig. Thank you, man. He says, uh, John, thanks for doing what you do. Do you think we will ever see the list of recommendations that come from Jim Delaney's consulting group? Okay, so we're getting a little bit – Greg, if you wouldn't mind following up on that with me, because we're, even for me, we're getting a little bit in the weeds. So Jim Delaney's consulting group, I think Huron, H-U-R-O-N, I think that's what it was called. It's been a while since I was having those conversations. I think was advising in a number of areas, potentially around conference realignment and also potentially around what it would take from uh, an investment perspective to, to make the kind of the leap to the Power Five level. I think that's what that group was doing. I'm not sure. And I know what you're talking about, like that San Diego State was going to put together um, information that was necessary in terms of how they were going to allocate funds moving forward to continue to enhance their athletic program. Basically, I think is what we're talking about. I'm not using the right terms on it. Um, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Um, I, I don't see why we necessarily wouldn't. I don't think it's something that's being hidden from from fans i think it might be a bit of a work in progress or potentially maybe has changed because san diego state has not received entrance into a power five league but again this is all speculation complete speculation on on my part uh Lush just wants to know what pay to play subdivision it's been proposed by the ncaa that basically some of the schools can almost break away even from division one fbs power five those that are willing to invest even more and I think at that point, they might even potentially be paying their student athletes in some sports. And again, this is all new. And to be honest, even to me, a bit foreign. But what, what we're talking about is even like schools like Michigan breaking away from, I'm making it up, Purdue. Um, or, you know, Alabama breaking away from Vanderbilt. Not that it would change conferences, but there'd be like a group of 50 schools in like, let's call it Division Zero. Or like there's FBS and FCS right now, so let's call it FAS. I mean, I'm completely making it up. But it would almost be like a separate division, and it would tier FAS, FBS, FCS in this theoretical. And I don't know when it's coming, and I don't know what it's going to look like, and I think you kind of have to maybe have an initial investment even to get to that level. But it, it could be across all conferences. It's not like you have to be necessarily, from what I've read, it's not like you have to be in a Power 5 league. So you could have like Boise State and San Diego State at that quote-unquote Division Zero level and nobody else in the Mountain West. And then the SEC could have like, you know, how many schools are in the SEC right now? 16 with Texas and Oklahoma? And maybe all 16 would be in Division Zero. And then the Big Ten, maybe 10 of the – 14 would be in division zero and the other five don't want to make those investments, but they're still in the big 10. It's super confusing. It's super confusing. But the, basically what the NCAA is saying in Charlie Baker is we recognize there's a difference between Michigan and Jacksonville state. And then across other sports, we recognize there's a difference in Kansas basketball and Longwood university. And that Kansas shouldn't necessarily have to play by the same rules as Longwood or NJIT, or San Diego State basketball should not have to play by the same rules as Longwood. And that they can, you know, use a different subset of rules to play by, if that makes sense. And it's super confusing and new. So it doesn't even make sense to me. But that's, you know, my my 30-second version of it. I don't know the answer to this. I mean, it looks like they've been entertaining for days on end. Official visits this past weekend, right? Some players that previously committed, some that hadn't, like Danny O'Neill, who commits today. 
And then you, I think Sean Lewis tweeted out last night from Snapdragon Stadium. So, you know, that leads you to believe, you know, are they entertaining potentially this week? I have no idea. Um, and then this weekend, you got guys coming as well. Um, it's a critically busy time. I mean, you got a staff that's only been in place or a head coach has only been here for two weeks. And you got signing day in seven days. So you'd imagine that they're doing everything in their power to put themselves in position to um, garner official visits and, and try to potentially, you know, um, land some players here in the final weekend before early signing day, which is December 20th. But you're seeing some names. They're popping up. I don't have them all in front of me. You know, you follow some of these recruiting people on social media like uh, Greg Biggins, and there are others. Um, I'm to, to be honest, I haven't followed high school football recruiting a ton in my time in San Diego over the last seven-plus years. I'm covering a lot more closely now. I'm very intrigued by it right now, currently. So I, a lot of it is new to me. Um, and I don't get overly caught up in in stars and rankings. Like just because someone is three stars, not four stars, doesn't mean he's not as good as that player or better. And just because you have the making up the 50th best class as opposed to the 45th best class doesn't mean you can't be a lot better than that, right? I mean, it's, some of it is subjective, not just some of it. And also, how do you develop these players? And who do you retain? Who do you lose in the portal? All these things. Are factors, but um, I know they're they're extremely active on social media. They've been highly visible. They had a lot of visitors this past weekend. A lot of visitors coming up this weekend. Portal is open, and early signing day is just days away. So you, you know they have priorities. You know that they're addressing them. I'm sure as we speak right now. Uh, let's see here. Thank you, Crom, uh, Liu, and Odell were redshirt freshmen this year. Javance was also told to restart this year from previous staff, so he will be a redshirt freshman next season. All right, thank you. So yeah, you, you got some young quarterbacks that you know have a little bit of seasoning here at the FBS level, but you know guys that by and large haven't played a lot of football um, at the FBS level. But there's been you know a, a handful of, of series or snaps for for some of those players. And again, I'd, I'd be extremely surprised if some of those players uh, if not all of those players weren't back in 2024 uh let's see here let's see here yeah I, you know i've seen this name thank you answer he says looks like san diego state will also land let's say ben scolari based off his twitter like 63190 pound receiver that decommitted from Nevada, I'm seeing some receivers. I'm seeing some receivers pop up in terms of like official visits or things we're seeing on on social media. I did see that name um, earlier today, potentially as well. So that's a name to potentially keep an eye on. And again, for me, I, I don't I don't have the you know the insider information. When we know, we know. Like I didn't know Danny O'Neill was going to commit before he committed. I saw how active he was on social media. I read some of the things he told Paul Garrison and others, and I thought it. It's, it felt pretty likely. I saw the relationship he had with Sean Lewis, but you know, I'm not, I'm not breaking news. That's, that's not my role or responsibility. I'm just kind of reacting like everyone else is. And, you know, I bring my experience and, and skill set to it. Uh, yeah, journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll be doing a show next week um, for the signing day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Once, once that's announced, you know, I'm assuming they're going to announce a good majority of their early signings on December 20th, which is a week from today. So whoever signs, um, yeah, we'll definitely do a show. And I, I'm sure we'll have a lot between now and then would be my guess. Like, you know, you see this class is not overly big. I think this early signing class is, I mean, what is it right now? 10, 11, 12, but there's still time here for that to get, a lot larger potentially. I don't know how much larger, um, but I think there's going to be changes. Like I don't think you've seen the entirety of that early signing day class. I don't. Based on what we're seeing, how active they've been right now, I, I think there's a lot still to come here in the days ahead. I, I don't know. I, you know, I really like the way the running backs emerged in the second half of the year. I think they got a really good running back room. Um, and Darian Hagan talked about that with me earlier this week. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I'd be surprised if they only use really. I, I'd be surprised if it was a bell cow system. College football is leaning away from that. Almost all programs are using multiple running backs. Very rarely do you see someone get twenty five carries in a game. There are examples, but it's more you know it's more likely someone gets sixteen and someone else gets nine. Um, so you know, and the way San Diego State's done it since Penny has been really by committee, right? Because I mean, Penny was special, Pumphrey was special, and you've had some other really good tailbacks, but. You know, without having that, you know, first round talent, NFL talent, it 
probably makes sense to spread the wealth. Um, but I'm not sure what the plans are for Sean Lewis. You know, it's a good question. I, I don't see why he wouldn't have a chance. I'm sure it'll be an open competition no matter what the room looks like, even if you bring in a veteran quarterback. I mean, you're enrolling in January. I would think it would be an open competition. You know, I would I would think that. But does that mean he's going to start? Well, of course not. Does it mean he has an opportunity to start? Yeah, you would think so. You would think he would have a chance to earn some reps and, and get a chance to be on the field in 2024. But that's going to play out over eight or nine months. You know, he hasn't even enrolled. It'll be January. We'll see what else they bring in we'll see who returns we'll see who leaves but yeah in terms of a shot will he have a shot yeah i would think he would he would have a shot um greg wants to know is there any way to validate what players actually receive in name image and likeness it seems like there are a lot of promises that go unfulfilled do the players pay taxes on these payments i believe so I believe so on taxes because i've talked to jared tolver on that um and i believe that's just part of how collectives are maintained across the country um i have no idea i don't think you see numbers publicized i think sometimes you hear numbers and i agree with your point greg i don't know how accurate they are you hear um, you know name a program miami i remember miami basketball was rumored to you know i forget what it was last year you know spend a million dollars on the roster in nil more than that one and a half million dollars this player four hundred thousand this player two hundred thousand and then you you know you saw quotes from like um their head coach Jim Laranagan is like those numbers aren't accurate. I mean, someone someone says something, and all of a sudden it spreads like wildfire, and all of a sudden there's this belief that Miami spent two million dollars on their team, where it could be one tenth of that, and nobody truly knows. And I think to your point, Greg, some players might be, you know, promised, "Hey, I'm going to get, um, you know, I'm going to go to again just to pick on Miami," and I'm completely making this up. Hey, we're, I'm going to get twenty five thousand dollars a month to play football at Miami or basketball at Miami. And then they get there and they don't get 25000 a month. Maybe they get one payment for $25,000, but then they don't get a second or they don't get a third or whatever. So to that point, I think a lot of the numbers we've seen are completely um, – aren't fully accurate is what I would say. I'm sure some are. I'm sure there are examples of quarterbacks making fortunes of money across the Power Five. But I think there's other examples where you hear, oh, my gosh, this offensive tackle at Texas Tech got you know, $37,000 a month. And in actuality, it's $37,000 for the entirety of like the year. Now, I'm just making that up. But th that's my speculation. I don't think any of it is public. I don't think it has to be publicized. Um, and again, it's, it's a whole new era. It's a wild, wild west. I want to say Charlie Baker, the new NCAA president, is um, – is expecting some type of NC or excuse me congressional legislation on NIL in the really short term. So that could be a big win potentially for programs like San Diego State because it's such a keeping up with the Joneses business right now. And you'd think you'd have to put some limits or restrictions on it. What does that mean? No clue. I'm not the person to ask on that. But you know, and this whole idea that well you know, hey, we're losing players to Ohio State. Well, San Diego State wasn't recruiting with Ohio State previously anyway, right? I mean, even before NIL, it's not like San Diego State and Ohio State were typically going after the same student-athlete. Now, what's unfortunate is you can now lose an offensive tackle after a year from San Diego State to Ohio State because of NIL. Um, but, you know, it was always a, a possibility previously with the transfer, even with the one-year sit-out, that if you had an opportunity at Michigan as opposed to a group of five program, you're going to take the opportunity at Michigan. Um, but it is different. It's definitely changing. It feels as if the rich get richer in this current scenario. It feels like there need to there needs to be some type of restrictions put in place on name image and likeness. And it feels like we might be able to get that at some point. If it's I don't think it's gonna be this year at this point, but maybe at some point, hopefully in 2024. Yeah, Joe, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Yeah, I think that's fair. There's no question about it. I mean, it kind of starts there and ends there, right? Uh, there's no such thing as a good quarterback without a good offensive line. There's no such thing as a good defense without a good defensive line. I want to say I read that Sean Lewis said that they plan on using, you know, five DBs or five players in the secondary. Not to say it'll be a three-three-five, could be a four-two-five, but he's told recruits that they plan on playing five in the secondary. But I'm not sure if we know fully what the defense is going to look like because they still haven't yet officially hired a defensive coordinator. Let's see here. Let's see. Let's talk, um, if you guys wouldn't mind, for a couple of minutes. Let's talk a little bit of um, of hoops. So Jane Ledee didn't play the other night, and the Aztecs found who had to win. And it was, you know, 
grasping victories from the jaws of defeat, like truly down five against UC Irvine inside of a minute to play. And I have no idea how they did it. It was an amazing final minute. Um, Irvine played really well in the second half, shot over 50%. They held San Diego State without a field goal for like over 13 game minutes. And then all of a sudden, Reese Waters hits a three. Darion Tremel hits a three. Jay Powell is a huge offensive rebound. And Micah Parrish has a big shot against UC Irvine for a second consecutive season. And I know what people are going to say. Well, you know, shouldn't they be beating Irvine by more than, you know, one point and overcoming a deficit to beat them? And what about the Washington game where they overcame a 12-point deficit late or Cal overcame a 12-point deficit late or UCSD it took until, you know, put back at the buzzer to win? Yeah, but at the end of the day, the Aztecs are 8-2, and two, and they've got good metrics, and they're in a good league, and they've got a chance to prop their resume in the league, even though it's not going to be an easy league to win. But you look at the top five or six right now in the Mountain West, and they're playing really good basketball um, with like San Diego State, New Mexico, Utah State. Um, Boise State's coming off a huge win yesterday. UNLV just beat number eight Creighton today. Like what? As they, they got a, a two-time transfer eligible tonight because of that ruling that came down earlier today and you know looked like a really good team. They ended up beating Creighton by 15 points. Colorado State, obviously, is still in the top 25. Uh, Nevada has had an excellent start to the year. Mount West has another really good shot to get four teams into the NCAA tournament, if not more. I mean, it's probably a stretch to say more because it's, it's hard to do that. But even four is really impressive. They've had four teams in the NCAA tournament each of the last two years. If you can do that three consecutive years, it's just become and has been at times. San Diego State's always been the class of the league, obviously. but And there have been years where the Mountain West got five in. There was that one year where the league was nine teams and five of the nine were in the NCAA tournament. But then you had realignment and you had change in terms of the construction of the league, right? Utah, BYU, some of those changes. And then you had years where you get, you know, two in. But recent seasons, the league has done work in the non-conference. I mean, picked up marquee wins. Colorado State over Creighton this year. You've got San Diego State, multiple Pac-12 wins. Still opportunities coming up against Stanford and Gonzaga. You have UNLV tonight, what they did to uh, Creighton, even though they've been disappointing this year. Um, You know, so, I mean, the the league has done really well in the non-conference is my point. And also, there's not you know, a plethora of teams that are dragging down the league that are like 350 in the net. Yeah, there's a team or two that are in that 200 range in the net, and you don't want to lose those games. And San Diego State has been able to avoid those, you know, quad four losses in the history of the net um, to their credit. But, you know, you think about the top five or six in the league, and you got quad one and quad two opportunities all over the place. And I think if you win the games, it's a feather in your cap. And if you lose the games, you're not really hurting your resume. So you got to get Jane Ladee back healthy. And they got this period of time now where they can get healthier and they can kind of work on themselves, right, and improving. Where you have the 10 days off, you have St. Catherine on the 19th next Tuesday, and then you get Stanford on the 21st. I think here's the deal with Stanford. Stanford, from a metric perspective, at least the net, is way down there, but they're capable. They've given teams good games on neutral floors. They've lost some games, uh, close games. But they're dangerous. It's one of those games that could really weigh you down metrically that you kind of have to find a way to win. And if you do that, you've avoided, you know, any quote unquote, you know, bad non-conference loss. And again, heading into the conference, there's not going to be a ton of water that you take on in the league based on how good the top of the league is. And you avoid, I think, going to Wyoming, which is a good thing. You avoid Air Force at home, which, by the way, is a good thing because their metrics aren't going to be high. So, you know, out of the 18 league games, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11 are going to be metrically really good. 5, 6, 7, you're going to have to navigate and find ways to win against teams that are way down in the metrics, but not crazy down like previous years where you got teams in the 300s. You got teams in the mid 100s, but not in the mid 300s, thankfully. And you don't have to win the regular season to get into the NCAA tournament. Not with the Mountain West this year. And um, it's going to be interesting to see how this team develops. Um, because Brian Dutcher's teams always improve every single year. His first six seasons, they've all gotten better in the second half of the year, without any exception. There's no exception to what I just said. So I think this team will continue to improve. Um, It's still a challenging month with Stanford and Gonzaga, obviously. And then conference play begins against Fresno State at home, I want to say, on January 3rd. So um, I think they... They're finding out some things about their team, like Jay Powell. It was a little bit of like lose a battle, win a war. Of course, you want Jay and Ladee. He's like a 
All-American candidate, averaging 24 points and 10 rebounds. But it provided an opportunity the other night for us to see Jay Powell, and he really came into his own. And I'm so excited to see what Powell looks like in the days and weeks ahead. Miles Bird, as he gets healthier, is going to be a big impact player for the Aztecs. Um, you know, obviously, Darian Trammell coming off the bench alone is a win because you know how much experience he has and what type of value he provides in general. So, you know, again, are they the same team in terms of depth a year ago? Yeah, probably not. But then again, you go back to that 2020 team and they were not a deep team and their bench was like 300th in scoring in the nation and they went 30 and two. And I'm not saying this team's going 30 and two. But there's multiple ways to do it, is my point. A couple of years ago, you go 30 and two, you get 10 points a night off the bench. Last year, you go, what they go, 36 and seven or 32 and seven. Uh, and you're getting 30 points a night off your bench. And you basically have nine starters with who was coming off the bench with like a rope and Parrish and, and Seiko, right? But this team, I think, is building a bench because Pal is emerging. Um, you clearly already hit six because you have Tremel who's coming off your bench. You've got Pal. You've got Bird. Um, so, you know, you have some things, I think, to like in there. I think you have some things. you got Miles Heidi. You have DeMarcia Johnson Jr. So you're just trying to develop. You're just trying to develop and improve. And, again, I don't think you have to have a nine-man rotation. I think you can certainly get by with an eight-man rotation. But there's going to be some nights on the road at elevation where you're going to have to play. You know, you're going to have to play eight. And it's going to be hard to get, you know, 36, 37, 38 minutes from starters. Brian Dutcher's talked about it. He says, we need to rely more heavily on the bench. We need to get more minutes out of the bench. We saw that the other night against UC Irvine. We'll see if that continues coming up here for the Aztecs in non-conference play. Uh, let's see here. Let me just get to a few comments. Again, guys, appreciate you hanging out for the last hour. Really do. Please subscribe. Please tell someone about this um, because we got year-round content for Aztec fans. In football and basketball season, outside of it, as things happen, like tonight, Danny O'Neill to the Aztecs. This is what the channel is for. So as news develops, um, recruiting news in football and basketball, um, wins, whatever, right? That's why we have this. So please subscribe. Smash the like button if you wouldn't mind. Follow me on Twitter if you wouldn't mind. At John Schaefer. That's J-O-N-S-C-H-A-E-F-F-E-R. If you want to get a few more comments in, I'll be here for another handful of minutes. Um, son's asleep. Wife's away. So let's talk some Aztecs. Um, let's see. Journey, thank you. Says, do you see Pal playing the four spot and five to get more playing time now? I see him playing the four, right? Because he's more of a stretch. Um, and you look at his frame, he's not a five, right? He's a stretch. And um, you see, he he causes some big time problems for the opposition defensively because he does a lot of things. He's a good ball handler. He can shoot. He had a couple threes the other night. Um, he's athletic. He can get to the rim. So he causes some mismatches. But defensively, I don't see him playing a lot of five just because of his size, right? Like his frame, his build. He's a fifth-year player. Um, and it's just his build. is You know, he's not, he's not, you know, the biggest guy. He's more of a wiry frame, and I think that's worked to his advantage. You know, you look at his numbers. Look at his numbers second half last year. His numbers second half last year at Campbell were incredible. He was like the best player in the Big South last year in the second half of the year. Uh, Stanford will be good. And then in conference, look at the Utah State, Colorado State, Boise State, Nevada, whom I miss in New Mexico. I mean, they're, they're easy. I r rattled off 5-6. Those are 5-6. You know, the top half of the Mountain West and Stanford, I think, would all be great games to consider attending if you're an Aztecs fan. Greg wants to see Bird get extended minutes next week. You can see how talented he is, but he needs minutes. Yeah, I think he needs to continue to practice because he's been banged up, and they haven't been able to consistently get him on the practice floor because of his hip. But as he gets that practice time, I think you'll see him continue to grow exponentially on the floor. You can see that raw ability, to your point. I think he had like five deflected passes defensively against UC Irvine. Uh, he's just an, a brilliant athlete. He really is um, with an extremely high ceiling. Um, Aztec fans should be excited about Miles Bird based on what we've seen in bits and pieces here in 2023-24. Um, all right, guys. So I guess for the most part, that'll do it. Again, Danny O'Neill is an Aztec. What comes next for Sean Lewis? Um, I'm following it like you are on social media. We'll see if we get some more breaking news this week and potentially this weekend, maybe some more signings for the Aztecs, verbal commits. 
for this class of 2024 with the early signing day just days away. And again, the transfer portal is open as well. Do the Aztecs continue to address quarterback? Do they go after someone in the transfer portal? Or do they let Danny O'Neill and others vie for the starting job in 2024? That's going to play out, obviously, in the days and weeks ahead. Again, I put those links down below. If you want to support the Aztec Collectives, I encourage you to consider it, whether it's Aztec Link or the Mesa Foundation. Click the links in the description down below. Um, support San Diego State's NIL Collectives. It's a great way to support San Diego State student-athletes as well. If you want the audio-only edition of the wrap-up show, you can click the link in the description down below. It's the exact same version that you're watching right now on YouTube, whether you're here live or on replay, but it's just it's just the audio. So maybe you're driving and you don't want to be on YouTube, but you want to have like it on a podcast platform. Maybe you're working out, you're on a run, you're just running errands or whatever, you're bopping around your house. Um, I have an audio-only edition of the wrap-up show, so click that link in the description down below if you want it. And again, if you're looking for any financial help with a financial planner, please consider getting in contact with my longtime friend Eric Lanier at Higher Impact Financial. Lifelong San Diego sports fan, you can click the link in the description down below to get to Eric Lanier at Higher Impact Financial. All right, guys, this has been fun. Apologize for the delays earlier with my four-year-old son, who is now thankfully asleep. I thought he might come out here at some point, but he did finally uh, fall asleep. So apologize for that earlier. Much more to come in the days and weeks ahead as we follow Sean Lewis on the recruiting trail and San Diego State basketball as they wrap up non-conference play here in the month of December. Really appreciate you guys hanging out. Again, thank you for your support of this channel. really means the world to me. Please subscribe whether you're here live or on replay. My name is John Schaefer. You've been watching the wrap-up show presented by Eric Lanier at Higher Impact Financial. Good night, guys. Thank you. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.